welcome to another fantastic summer edition of Friday Happy Hour. I am thrilled to be joined by two of my favorite happy hour compatriots, Derek Brockbank and Jenna Valente. Welcome to Happy Hour. Great to be here. Happy Friday, everyone. It's great to be here. All right, guys. Well, uh, it has been an awesome week on the American shoreline, and I can think of no better way uh, to go into the weekend with a quick happy hour beverage. And Derek, I think that you should get the first round. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to get the first round and take that opportunity to plug ASBPA's upcoming conference, if you don't mind. Derek, I think that's a great idea. Sweet. Okay. So uh, ASBPA's National Coastal Conference, we, we host one every year. We are going to be in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina this year, October 22nd to 25th. Um, we've got our draft program online. It's going to be a, a really fantastic event filled with, uh, we got over 200 presentations. We've got a great plenary, great panels. Um, and uh, ASPN is our exclusive podcast partner. So uh, Tyler, I know you and Peter will be there um, doing some podcasts. So that's exciting. We've got a good, good speakers. Uh, I'd actually just finished listening to your podcast with uh, Rob Young uh, earlier today. I think that came out earlier this week or last week. Um, and he's going to be there. He's going to be on a panel. Yeah. So, um, so it should be a really great conference, but I, I wanted to actually plug two things because there are two ways you can get involved still right now, um, even before registering. Uh, and one is we are still allowing, um, for poster abstracts. So whether you're a student or a professional, if you've done some good research over the summer, or if you just didn't quite get your act together to put in a, a an abstract for a presentation, uh, we are still accepting abstracts for posters uh, now through September 6th. So you still got a few weeks to get those in, but um, do go ahead and get those in. Great opportunity to share some of your work with other conference attendees um, and what's always a, a really fun event. So wanted to plug that. Thank you so much, Derek, because let me, let me tell you, P Peter and I love the poster session. And uh, I understand that this year, uh, students and professionals are invited to submit Derek. And uh, again, the deadline is September 6th. Um, and uh, ASBPA.org, ladies and gentlemen, to get more information about the conference, uh, ASBPA.org slash conferences, in fact, takes you right there. And uh, get registered for this conference. We are so excited, Derek, to be there and to cover this thing. And uh, we are really looking forward to these posters. So get them in, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. And one, uh, one more plug I wanted to make. Uh, this is actually for students. If we have student listeners or if we have academics who have students or, heck, if you just know a student in the coastal field, ASBPA uh, offers three student awards. Um, each come with a, a small cash stipend. Um, and those uh, applications for those are also due on September 6th. So the three student awards are the Coastal Scholar Award, and this is for a, a graduate student who's in the engineering or sciences field, coastal field, uh, and you get to work with the ASBPA science and technology team over the course of a year, so it's sort of an award and part internship. Um, we also have an advocate, a Coastal Advocate Award, and that's for a, a student who's in the policy field or maybe in a science field but interested in doing more policy, and you get to work with our government affairs program. And then uh, our Coastal Education Award, and that's for uh, original research in the coastal realm. So if you've, if you've done a paper, if you've published a paper, if you're looking to publish a paper but you've got some good research, um, submit that research and you can, uh, you can win that award. So uh, student awards connected to our conference. Um, 
also due September 6th. And, uh, just, you know, great opportunity for students to attend the conference. We have a significantly discounted rate for students. Um, I, I can count a number of different students who've uh, made connections that have helped them get jobs through the conference. So if you want a job, come to our conference. Yeah, and I just I I just want to jump in real quick and give my personal endorsement for this conference. If you haven't been yet, um, this conference when they held it in Fort Lauderdale, this is actually where I met Peter and Tyler. I was at the conference presenting, and Peter and Tyler and I just happened to sit next to each other at lunch, and we got talking, and it led to this role that I have now podcasting on their network. So, um, you know, you really can't understate the value that events like this have not only to learn about all the incredible work that's being done out there, but also to make really valuable connections like the ones that we have now here on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Well, I would like to propose a toast uh, here, Derek. I could not agree with Jenna Moore. Beautiful conference. It is uh, definitely worth going to. Uh, The people you meet, the connections, the conversations. And Derek, we really look forward to bringing these to our listeners around the American shoreline. Uh, There's no substitute for being there firsthand, uh, but we really do look forward to covering it and uh, bringing all of these really incredible people, bringing their stories and their voice uh, to the American Shoreline Podcast Network. So cheers. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm sure it's time for another round. Who's got a, who's taking the next one? Jenna, I think you should get the next round. (laughs) Next one's on me. Um, So I saw an article this week that made me reflect a bit on my own behavior as it relates to conservation And the article is from the Washington Post explaining how climate change is leading to bumpier or more turbulent transatlantic flights. And this is due to increased wind shear, which then I took a moment to look up what wind shear is because I wasn't sure. Um, And I learned that it's when winds vary in speed or um, direction with height. And the study found significant increases in vertical wind shear at jet stream altitudes, which just for context are the altitudes which planes generally fly in. And this particular study focused on the Atlantic because it's the world's busiest flight corridor, seeing an average of 3,000 flights per day. So all of that leads me to consider a couple of things. First, um, this kind of flight behavior increasing is not necessarily unique to the Atlantic. That's just where the the study focused. Um, So for any frequent flyers out there, it might be time to start flying less and using alternative modes of transportation when possible, especially since flying is a huge contributor of harmful emissions to our atmosphere or buckle up because it is just going to get bumpier. And then second, um, you know, pursuing a career in conservation positions me and, and many of us in a space where we can educate and speak a lot about the actions we all need to take to lessen our impact on the planet. But I by no means live a carbon-free lifestyle. And I try to be as good as I can and always strive to make progress. But I understand that I I still live a very privileged life in 
the grand scheme of humanity. And speaking of flying, I travel a lot and I I really think I fly more than your average person. So I started thinking about ways that I can reduce my flight hours and how I can contribute to making progress toward a smaller footprint um, and really live by example. So I pose this question to you guys and our listeners. Um, What are some ways that you walk the walk when it comes to conservation? So for example, um, I don't eat meat and I only occasionally eat fish. I try to buy local as much as possible and I take public transportation to work. And some things that I am actively trying to work on are reducing my use of single-use plastics and the amount that I fly and drive. So do either of you have any thoughts on things that you do to set a positive example or things that you're trying to make progress toward? Oh, man. I got to admit, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not a good one when it comes to the sort of <laughs> personal uh, advocacy or the, the personal commitment to low carbon. I, I guess I've always sort of taken the, um, taken the tack that, you know, individual choices are, uh, you know, they're, they're feel good things, but I, I don't really think they bluntly, I don't think they add up to all that much. And that's not to knock the folks who do it. Um, cause I think it is, you know, I think it's admirable. Uh, but it's, you know, it's sort of a systemic thing in my mind. So, um, so I haven't been very good about that. Uh, that said, um, it's probably something I should think more yeah. about. As you said, I, I like the way you phrased it in the, um, you called it like a, to, to demonstrate or to lead. And I think that is probably an important thing is, you know, we are, um, you know, our, our actions are visible and our actions can be political. And so I think um, figuring out how to uh, use individual personal actions to demonstrate the, the viability of having a lower carbon lifestyle is probably probably something I should think more about. Yeah. And I think there are m- many different ways that you can approach that. Totally. I mean, uh, I'll jump in here, guys. I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, personally, I'm, uh, I would point to, uh, the way I manage my yard actually. Um, you know, I've got chickens, I've got a garden, I'm composting and just in doing these things, which I don't think are particularly activist things, but they get me outside and they get me observing the environment more closely. Um, I become more aware of what's going on in my own backyard, literally. And um, that's informative, actually, on the way I live beyond my backyard, beyond my house. Um, I think about my trash more and where I put it and uh, my footprint. And um, so I think, you know, Derek, I I think you're correct uh, when it comes to actually really combating climate change, um, systemic change is what's required. Um, but I also think Jenna, that your, uh, point and, um, the power of individuals just, you know, <laughs> uh, doing almost symbolic gestures. I mean, it cuts down on your taking accountability for your own footprint, that type of, uh, ethos, goes a very long way. And it's something that we should be uh, teaching our, our society, our culture. It should become a part of our, uh, in, of our, uh, the, the weave of our general culture. Uh, if we are to exist going forward in this, in the world that we know that we exist in, where um, effectively we control 
the way our atmosphere looks or how much development occurs or what our beaches look like. You know, these are decisions that man makes now. Um, obviously nature is, uh, uh, will beg to differ, but, um, we have a lot of control and I think that we need to own up to that. Yeah, I agree. And I, I thank you both for sharing your thoughts on that. I know you, I put you, you on the spot. Um, totally. so <laughs> <it's> a, <laughs> I guess, but I think both of those are really important answers, uh, really valuable for our listeners to hear. Um, and our listeners can even share, you know, things that they're doing to help um, reduce their carbon footprint with us on social media and That's join in right, the conversation. Jenna. Yeah. So you get on Jenna. there and have a conversation with us. <laughs> yeah. I'm always, always plugging us on social media. Let Jenna know. Yeah. What Let your me thoughts know. are. Let me know. Let's chat. Yes. At Coastal News 365 on Twitter. Um, but with that, I think my my uh, drink's getting low and it might be time for Tyler to buy the third round. All right. Well, Tyler's, Tyler's got a round here, guys. I'm going to be quick. This is a micro pod. Very fast, happy hour. Three drinks in 20 minutes. Uh, guys, I, th- I'm, I'm titling my section Summer Vacay Thoughts 2019 edition. Um, we are now in the middle of August. Uh, many of us have taken vacations, and if you haven't had the good fortune of taking one, certainly you've suffered through uh, your friends' vacations on social media. And I can't help but notice uh, many of my friends have taken vacations and have been posting some interesting things about their surroundings. And as we know, um, not everyone goes to the beach for vacation, but many of these uh, vacations are coastal in nature. And uh, I can't help but notice how um, climate change oriented thinking has permeated into uh, the summer vacation uh, mindset. And I think that that is significant. And I think that it shows uh, an increase, another tick forward in the general consciousness of climate change. And... um, you know, I, I want this to be positive. These are largely positive uh, vacations that my friends are taking uh, with their families and they're having great time swimming and enjoying the ocean. But I can't help but notice this year uh, uh, the discussion of red tide and blue-green algae and uh, flesh-eating bacteria in the Gulf Coast and uh, coral reefs disappearing and burn scars on coastal parks in Southern California. Uh, and I'm, I, th- this has matriculated its way into the discussion, the public discussion about vacations. Um, and of course, this is an already quite veneered discussion of, you know, we put our best foot forward when we post on social media, but, uh, people are talking about these things. And, um, I am raising this up on Friday happy hour because I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting to note that as I peruse the, the news every day, uh, along the American shoreline and around the world, I am seeing trends of man's impact on the environment. Uh, and I'm seeing it not only with these kind of, um, temperature and chemical things, like I mentioned before with red tide and blue green algae and so on and so forth, but also with over tourism, uh, we have covered, in fact, Derek, you did a Friday happy hour about the beach beach. Um, and this is, this has been a trend this summer. Um, and, uh, in fact, it was just last week that, uh, I believe we ran 
uh, an article or two from the island of Kauai um, that is struggling to maintain its uh, trails, its public trails, uh, park trails, because of um, the number of tourists that are visiting that island. And at some point, uh, and of course, we've talked, I've talked before on this podcast about the uh, the socioeconomic uh, changes that uh, communities undertake when they shift from being, say, a working shoreline like you have in Maine with fishermen or, uh, you know, uh, the old shorelines to the modern tourism shoreline. These communities are changing and um, the it's changing the environment. It's changing the experience. And now with social media, the way people exchange information globally, uh, we're able to get a much better picture of what people are thinking, and um, we're seeing this trend. So, again, po- very positive. I think that there have been some great vacations had, but I'm pointing out that uh, there is some sort of environmental tinge this year, and um, that is my uh, summer vacay thoughts of 2019. So I'd jump in and say I think some of the lessons that we've, we we can learn from the coast and the history of the way we've interacted with the coast can help teach us about tourism. I mean, you think you look at what happened in the Gulf. I'm going to bring up one of your best podcasts, in my opinion, with uh, your, your interview with Jack Davis, who wrote The Gulf. Um in that wonderful book where he talks about the history of, you know, tarpon fishing and um, some of the original tourism on the Gulf Coast, uh, where they literally almost fished the tarpon to extinction. Um, but then they realized, and, and, and as it was getting more and more uh, closer to extinction, as it was getting harder to catch, it became, you know, sort of more of a prize. People wanted to catch that last one, you know, catch the biggest, the, the last. And they realized it wasn't working and they, they, they flipped the, you know, they flipped it around so that it became a sustainable fishery. Um, and I think we need to think about that in, in tourism, uh, writ large. I mean, this connects into what Jenna was talking about in terms of flights, you know, flights are a huge, uh, huge source of, of carbon emissions. So can we think about, can we use the lessons of, uh, of the coast and how we learn to make more of a sustainable coast, um, to more sustainable tourism? Yeah, I think you're right, Derek. Jenna, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, something that I really pull from this conversation is you're starting to see a lot of people talk about it on social media and in you know the mass media, and it's those conversations that are at the forefront of our mind. Um, people are starting to see it, not just hear about it. These things are happening in their own backyard and in their you know their favorite vacation spots, and so the impacts of climate change are real. And I think that sometimes, you know, getting a a mass behavior change or, um, you know, change on that systemic level, it takes a little bit of time and it takes effort and it takes talking about it. And so I view this as part, yes, it's, it's stressful and, and, uh, you know, heartbreaking to see some of these climate impacts affect, you know, Americans and people all over the world. But also, I find um, a little bit of optimism in how many conversations are happening about this um, in hopes that we're going to start to see that big shift happen with behavior change and people trying to lessen their footprint and be a little bit kinder to the planet while we're out enjoying it on our vacations. 
um, or traveling around the world. Couldn't agree more, Jenna. And uh, I've got to say, I'm going to leave this on one positive note. Got to do it. Well, first positive note is go to the ASBPA conference, October 22nd to the 25th, 2019, Myrtle Beach, ASBPA.org slash conferences. My second thing is great year for sea turtle nesting. Uh, a lot of baby sea turtles. Everyone loves sea turtles. So we can all celebrate that. And with that, wishing everyone a wonderful weekend and so long. Bye, guys. Cheers, everyone.